Welcome to Tech Breakfast, today's top headlines served hot by your host Aaron Bewley and Tyler Gates. So grab your coffee and let's get into it. Today is Friday, May 1st. Russ is back. What's up? And our special guest of the day, John Nicholson of Virtually Speaking Podcast. Welcome, buddy. How you doing? Howdy. It's an honor to have you on here. And just so I can give you a little bit of credit right here out of the gates, uh, thank you for the encouragement to get this out, to start publishing, uh, giving some guidance on how to do all this, you know, what type of equipment to use and all that kind of fun stuff. So huge nod to you on that. Thank you. Yeah, anybody that's looking into that stuff, you know, John's got some great uh, blog posts as well as uh, at least an audio session or two that actually goes over, you know, like pod- podcasting equipment, some best practices, good stuff to do. I'm sure we ignored half of that, but the other half we, we took to heart. We're- well, well you, you know, not everyone can be an audio snob, you know, it's... Uh- <laughs> I definitely have been guilty. People are like, what microphone should I get? What should I do for audio? I'm like, here's a $600 bill on materials for a starter kit now. But uh, it, is, it is a side project I'm actually looking at doing. Is uh, There's these phrases called the Harvard phrase sentences that they use for testing audio. It goes back to like World War II for testing like efficiency of radio gear. And I want to get people with different audio microphones and inputs and setups to like document what you have and read these three sentences. And, and cool. that way people can get like an impression and also provide some information because you got like the room and other stuff. So, yeah. um, but that's like a, a side thing I have for not just would be podcasters, but all the poor work from homers who want to, you know, sound less like yeah. potato. Dude, let's do it. Um, and obviously my audio is terrible right now. I have all of the gear I need except for the cloud lifter. So I ended up going with the uh, SM7B. Uh, I know you recommended the PR40. I just did a bunch of research and wanted to go that route. So, uh, but I'm happy to. It's a good so mic. It's a good mic, but mic. yeah, you're gonna need a preamp for that. To otherwise, you're yeah. gonna be it's it's pretty sh- it's pretty weak. Yeah, negative fifty nine <laughs> decibel. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's get into it, and um, hopefully, I only have one or two more days where I'm working with a wired mic here. But uh, John, hit us with the hit us with the headlines that you're that you're looking at. The news headlines. So I was gonna say, you know. I feel like news right now feels like it's 90% COVID, but, um, un, un, you know, for better or worse. But it is interesting. One thing I've been paying attention to, those of you who follow me on Twitter may know I'm kind of a finance buff, but looking at some of the earnings calls, and we've had some earnings calls on the tech industry this week um, and the past two weeks. And so just a just, few. Yeah, just a few. And seeing <laughs> uh, Amazon report earnings. And so, you know, you know, which – they're a retailer, but they're also a cloud provider seeing strength in their reporting there also, but also seeing costs go up. So revenues up, costs are up. Um, Cook reported Apple earnings. Um, they, they actually beat, although, you know, there's Ford caution. It sounds like we're still coming off of Q1 where, you know, not, it wasn't necessarily fully impacted, but it does look like the tech industry is weathering this better than most. And just looking at the NASDAQ um, and like power cues and stuff. Uh, QQQ and stuff like that. It looks like the tech industry is act- is is weathering the storm as well as helping enable everyone else. Yeah, dude, I, I was looking at all that stuff too. And uh, we were actually batting around the idea of doing something like a financial Friday segment as part of this podcast, right? So that's that you couldn't have teed it up better, right? Just there it goes. But um, 
when I was looking through it, it's really interesting to see all the calls and uh, like Q1 was really strong for a lot of folks in a lot of ways. Obviously, ad revenue pretty much across the board is looking really weak. But, um, you know, Twitter reported this week as, as well as Facebook, and both of them reported some substantial growth in numbers, user-based numbers, right? Um, but declines in revenue because the advertisers are pulling back. Obviously, Alphabet also reporting this week. They, they were kind of the first one out of the gate to say, because what they reported on Monday uh, after our hours, if I recall correctly. But they basically said ad revenue is down, but they've got strength in cloud, strength in YouTube, strength in Google Play. So to your point, the industry, tech industry as a whole, I think is looking really strong. And uh, interestingly, some of them are benefiting greatly from like the current state of affairs, Amazon in particular, because of deliveries and stuff. But uh, everybody is either not really providing guidance for future in the year, which is causing a lot of uncertainty. And I, I think a lot of people or a lot of companies got punished for it. But uh, trying to correlate all that has been, this is a good week for tech earnings calls. You know, what's interesting is the Amazon with, with all of these things going on, they said they still saw losses in certain areas, even though they had a high demand in COVID, but high demand in COVID has also made Jeff Bezos. And I have a quote from him <clears throat> said, if you're a shareholder in Amazon, you may want to take a seat because we're not thinking small. And he yeah, basically he's said, 4 billion in costs. I yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 He's wow. like, we're going to take the entirety of 4 billions in profit and just, <laughs> blow it all i mean not blow it but you know throw it into the business so it's just interesting to see yeah. that he's like yeah we just saw an opportunity based on all of the activity here we're going to take all of our profits and see if we can capitalize well the, the running joke i feel like is amazon they've never posted a dividend they've never done a share buyback which i understand is now a dirty word in the industry but <laughs> um but they basically like if you're a shareholder you've never gotten money back unless you sold shares and the, the running joke is that like you know, Amazon keeps selling net new shares. So Amazon is really just a charity that, you know, the entire industry funds because they, they never give any profits back. But I think we're seeing, as I mentioned, you know, share buybacks being dirty um, and dividends, uh, Shell, good God, got rid of their dividend. I think we're oh, going to wow. see com everyone, this is, this is changing the culture of um, let's take our profits and just give them back to shareholders and give giant executive bonuses and call it a day. Like the airline industry gave 94% of its profits for the last 10 years is worked out sometime. well for them actually. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, it's, I think we're going to see a, a culture shift of reinvest in the business. Uh, technology is currently saving everyone's ass in some shape or form. I think we're going to, I'm optimistic and reading the tea leaves of all these news stories, I think we're going to come out of people are going to say, okay, do I do a share buybacks? Do I do dividends? Or do I replace my Windows 2003, you know, <laughs> system that's holding the business together? Or my COBOL yeah, oh installation God, that, that I have yeah. running all well, of my payment systems. Well, oh that, my God. I mean, the, yeah. the, the states have been struggling, you're right, um, with their, you know, this is a real problem. People are trying to claim unemployment and these systems aren't designed to scale a hundredfold. Right. And people, and they don't have the people, the processes. I think we're there. You know, this is a black swan event. This is going to cause a huge shift on technology investments. Yeah. If you're not working in tech, you know, it, it's still rough. There's plenty of people, and I'll get to that in a minute. Um, but now is the time. You know, this is this is a good place to be. Um, out of all the, you know, it's it's still rough, but there's still that. The other thing on the news I'm seeing is in terms of there, you're seeing kind of a, a separation of within the bigger guys are, are taking advantage of getting bigger. Like you said, with Amazon, 
Um, the bigger vendors who have cash on their balance sheets are extending very generous financing. Yep. Um, and I've heard some on the back end, some stuff of people doing crazy backdated, like, okay, you can pay us in the last quarter of the fiscal year. I have seen a lot of this. We're, we're going to give you 0% financing. It's like, it's like the car industry right now. Like, please buy something like, Oh, for sure. People are being taken care of uh, companies who we don't know if they're going to go bankrupt are still being extended huge terms. The tech industry is, is, and the is an extension of the financing industry is definitely doing its part, but on the, that's the big guys, the little guys, unfortunately, we're seeing some reports of mass layoffs, um, yeah. even mid-sized companies, furloughs, um, big time. Um, and, and there are some smaller guys that are bright spots. You're seeing on the startup side. So the pre IPO, the companies that aren't public, you are seeing some, I think Cohesity took a big round. Um, yep. There's a couple where the VC is saying, you know what? Things are rough right now. The revenue is not there in the short term, but we're going to pile a bunch of cash and, and double down on the bet that we think is fully baked that at least has a minimal viable product. The incomplete bets, the bets, the companies that they're still trying to find their, their product and things like that. Uh, some of them are dying on the vine though. So it's, and I think that's, that makes sense, right? Uh, major downturns like this. Uh, if, if your company, especially to your point, if your product is mature and has its market segment well identified and stuff like that, it, if it's in a good position, then a, an event like this is actually, it, it's a position that can, can carry you forward. I mean, it's a, it's a boon, right? So I think you'll see a lot of, uh, a lot of companies take off and do really well on the backside of saying tech in particular, because um, there, there's a lot of chatter in the industry about just being well poised from like a digital transformation perspective. I'm not a huge fan of that buzzword, but I think it's got a little bit of information now or, or people have put context to it, right? And, and readiness to respond to these kinds of unexpected scenarios is what's going to help a lot of people come out the other side looking good. Yeah. And just some quick facts on that for everybody as well uh, with what John is talking about. Um, just to mention some of the behemoths here, Dell extended $9 billion in financing, 0% interest rates for up to six months for anything like commercial laptops, desktops, data center gear, services, et cetera. Uh, HPE had a $2 billion program. Cisco did a $2.5 billion program. Definitely a strong move to, uh, to lend a hand. And then it makes you wonder, too, how, how it affects some of the, uh, you know, the, the challenging companies, right? Or... I don't know how I would say that. Uh, maybe some of the smaller players, right? Even on the, the lower end, I'm seeing people that are traditionally difficult to get net 30, net 60 terms. Net 90 is almost a default for almost anyone right now, which is pretty crazy to see because just, just people would ask for net 90 terms for, for the past few years. And you could get it, but you'd be fought a little bit on getting those terms. Now it's like, I need net 90. Yeah, no problem. Here you go. And that's, that's a huge shift for a lot of people taking on that liability. I think there's a ton of uncertainty there too, right? Like those, those terms are great. I think they're necessary. I think it helps, uh, especially the financing side, help really give some clarity and, and a ramp, honestly, for a lot of companies to make adjustments and get out of this stuff. But there's, there's a boatload of risk in it, right? I mean, even in industries that you would expect to bounce back fairly quickly, uh, we don't know what this looks like in 90 days, right? So those, those terms are not a guarantee on the payback side. Well, if they go, right. if they go bankrupt, I mean, you're here on the list of creditors, not, yeah. not here. You're down here. Yeah, yeah that'd be exactly. This podcast doesn't have video, but my hand's going very low, you know, and, if, and to be fair, if you're on the software side, it's like, okay, we get our license key back. If you're on the cloud side, it's okay. They burned the usage of some servers for three months. 
if you're on the we gave them a storage array side like like do we yep. how do we repo that like and <laughs> and those are the ones that i'm seeing these 90 day terms yeah yes so, no problem um, but you have a dollar here you go yeah you that'll be that that'll be the thing but i i i do think this will shake out but the businesses that'll come out stronger in regard to that i'm also seeing some people you know just some hearing some hero stories from the inside of the industry of, you know, people who are pulling off massive scale rollouts going from 4,000 desktops to a hundred thousand, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. MDM, uh, getting the security. Russ and I talked last night about security being a big gap that a lot of people yeah. are trying to close and people were previously, you would have had like, it would have required meetings and more meetings and more meetings. And we got to do a shake, a spin out between five vendors. And like the decision process took six months and then, oh, we're doing the rollout, but you got the, guy, the one guy in the corner who's objecting to everything. And, like, everyone's just getting snowplowed right now. And the, pro the whole project's getting executed, bought, and done. Yeah, yeah immediately. Done. And so that is changing. I think some people are, you know, on their career set are, are getting some, some, some interesting capabilities there of, you know, they're getting skills very rapidly. I wonder how much of it's going to end up being like done is better than perfect now. And then they'll go back and revise. But that's the, the thing about, especially tech rollouts like that is that once it's in play, you kind of just have to give tender loving care to what you got. You can't, you can't always undo some of those rapid decisions, but it's done. It's there. It's, it's probably meeting the demand and uh, maybe perfection gets delayed indefinitely in that case. But I think we're going to see a lot of people going back and fixing things that were done to minimum viable yeah. status. And then <laughs> let's figure <laughs> out how we can uh, persist this going forward in a more operable fashion. There's, there's a lot of uh, single switch top of rack deployments <laughs> yeah. going in. Like, redundancy. We don't need no stinking redundancy. That? Uh, oh, that's a yeah. fact. Where's our DR site? Our DR site is now also a VDI site. Um, I've seen that, but um, also one other thing in the news to pivot here. Um, I'm one thing that just fascinates me is the is these stories of businesses going to video conferencing who didn't before. And I don't want to yeah. just focus on COVID, but one in particular, one industry is the courts, which are always hilariously antiquated like the last right. people it, that i was ever writing to, checks to i used to, to work in this area <laughs> and, and these stories of like in texas like they're doing youtube streams of the court just for public viewing they've approved that they're doing zoom and sub rooms so you can have a sub room to talk to your defense attorney you know i kind of stopped going and fighting my own speeding tickets a while back it's like i gotta take off <laughs> half a day i gotta go to the court but if i could zoom drop in how many speeding tickets three, are you getting? three days a month i spent fighting well, now speeding that, tickets. Now, prior to me working at vmware i drove a lot and i drove on a lot of different routes as a consultant all over the place and so That's yeah I, I got you know i was probably averaging two or three a year at one point uh now yeah less than five thousand miles a year i, I don't get that many but um that is that's the kind of thing i think it'll be interesting to see i think it's gonna it's gonna change it'll be interesting if defense attorneys can drop in on courts and just pop between courts the legal profession is an area with incredible inefficiencies if you think about how much time a lawyer spends going back and yeah. forth from the office to a different court or trying to go for papers and if instead you can have that as a lawyer you can just have that legal thing and be like boom click here's my arguments like and then just oh suddenly i'm going from el paso to the houston courthouse in you know two minutes that could be an interesting dynamic i think people let's all fight our speeding tickets you know we can, we can gang up on the courts if that <laughs> there was a guy there was a guy in the news yesterday 
he got a ticket for going 146 in a 55 mile an hour zone in New York. And well, apparently, I, just said, you know, the officers ticketed him. Uh, in Texas, if you're going twice the speed limit, yeah. you go to jail. And you lose your license. He's going three <laughs> times. Yeah. Well, but I mean, 140 isn't that currently the speed limit on the bypass on Austin? Like, Russ? Like, I mean, yeah. what, it's normally 80, so I it's assume perfectly it's perfectly fine. You're There's no one out there. The, uh, the COVID speed limits you. are add 50%. Like, yeah, what I've right. heard. And 635, the underground area, you have to minimum go 125. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, they're going to actually ask you just to get off of the road. It is interesting, you know, what you bring up, all these different things that are changing. Um, I'd love to see, I don't know, I'd love to figure out how I can dig into that more, but um, I only kind of really see what's relevant to my life, and I haven't been fighting speeding tickets lately. But, um, <laughs> you know, my wife used to – or attends this this workout group and now they all do it from their house and all of the uh all of the instructors are on zoom well now she has access to not just the instructors here uh in our hometown but literally nationwide so she's finding new groups new instructors and i think their future model will absolutely hold on to this and they'll keep the people that are excellent at uh coaching over zoom and they will stay and that's basically all that they will do yeah Yeah. there's a lot of jobs that had a natural monopoly on locality and being like, you know, if you're in a small town, there might only be one person who teaches yoga and they might be bad at it, but you're at the mercy of them. <laughs> and I, I think it's changing people's perspectives. Um, I, I, you know, potentially that may have some, some job destruction, but it may also have some, some creation of people. If you're in some little rural town, you live in Pearsall, Texas in the South, you know, and that's way South of San Antonio, you probably didn't have a yoga studio, but now you may be like, Oh, well, since all the good yoga instructors are going online, I can open that up. I, I think we're going to see some interesting new business efficiencies come out of it. I yeah. think we're going to be able to predict them all. That actually it brings me to one of the topics that I've, I've been sitting on for a little while. It just hasn't come up, but uh, Comcast waived their data caps um, in, in areas where they do have data caps through the end of June. And uh, real early in this, I read an article that was talking about things that might change sort of in the vein of what we've just been discussing. And this is one of those where, it's obvious because they're just sort of saying, don't worry about it for a few months, that it was completely arbitrary and just built around dollars and cents, not infrastructure. Like it's actually kind of offensive that now that everyone's home consuming as much bandwidth as they need to do Zoom sessions all day and stream Netflix all the time, that, that they're saying, oh, don't worry about the data caps. You know, we can totally just absorb 100% of people being in their houses abusing bandwidth we're just going to be gentle and not charge you for it for a, a couple of months. Like it, it, it there's a, there's Good a lot of subtext that... back in the bottle. Good yeah, man. That that's... Back in the bottle. I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I'm I don't have a data cap, but out. I'd be so offended. I, I would just be pissed beyond belief right now. Well, remember when they first started rolling out Doxus three. Um, so that was when you went to speeds, where you could actually get a hundred meg down and like get beyond that six meg garbage that we had with Doxus two. Um, I remember, I think it was My time Warner, the CEO, they, they started testing in some markets and they picked like, there was one in East Texas and one in New York where they started testing like 100 gig caps or 50 gig caps that were just insultingly low. And at the same time, the local uh, DSL providers tested exactly the same caps in exactly the same <laughs> markets. And I'm sitting here like, do you guys Wait not hear second. the Justice Department, the rap of the FTC? Like some local state politicians are like, yeah, we're going to put a bill in that bans this if you don't cut it out. And the CEO of uh, then at the time of Time Warner Cable had the audacity to go on like an earnings call or something and be like, fine, if we can't have absurdly low caps, we're just not going to upgrade our network. Huh? I'm taking my ball and going home. Yes, and, like, I remember that. It was, 
It was just the most like think, shockingly audacious behavior. I think I had to leave my house and just walk down the street, <laughs> just pace for a little while. <laughs> you need to I go pray. <laughs> and, and and what was interesting about that was a couple things. Uh, one, he did not get what he wanted, and he, he eventually <laughs> had to roll out Doxus three. But what happened was, is he put a giant target on his back, and if you look in the territories yeah. that they controlled. Fios and AT&T Uverse and Google Fiber all just magically appeared. <laughs> um, and so I know we're seeing a slowdown on, on fiber to the home rollouts, uh, the AT&T expansion yeah, that I I've got, it. got to, I, I just signed out. I just got it yesterday. The fiber tech just spliced me in yesterday. Nice. Um, but I am seeing the other thing is, is speaking of people taking advantage of things is since the roads are all clear, I don't know about you guys, but I'm seeing fiber techs everywhere. Um, I have seen three different crews for three different telcos in my own neighborhood within a four block radius running fiber. Like it is the, the, and it's, I think they're preparing for the 5g rollouts. I was about um, to say, I was like, we better be careful because this might give credence to the people who believe this whole thing was a scam Oh yes. in order to it's get the 5g yeah. rollout done and I to mean, kill the entire planet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, they're, they're, I, I'm not saying they're exploiting it, but Hey, if no one's on the road, let's go dig it up. Like it's yeah, might as well. I've got one here that's probably a low-risk business and does play directly into data caps. Um, you guys seeing HBO Max's next offering? Because I don't think video streaming platforms are going anywhere anytime soon. No, no, I think, it's totally a fad. No, what is it? The, the, <laughs> now, I don't know a lot about it, but what I'm hearing is that HBO Max is going to be kind of like bringing in other shows, right? So things outside oh, cool. of the, the HBO realm more complete or competing directly with netflix and so i'm just seeing offerings that people are offering uh yeah. to get, well, get entry level that yeah. was that was offerings. the conversation what? about running out of content right and that's, that's well, yeah, why uh, netflix is standing up Your saying turn. we have plenty of content uh it may be about tigers or reality <laughs> I was say, quality but... might take a nosedive but sure it's right. there well, so th that was <laughs> there was some stories this was a while back about some fights between the hbo studio heads and the at&t ceo overlord who's he's on the way out that's actually recent news is why i can talk about this here was that they were pressuring them to 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 do more content and and focus on quantity rather than quality and shift to a, a Netflix model and the traditional old school HBO people saying, no, we, we, you know, have four good shows a year and you should pay for them. Um, probably regretting <laughs> that decision now. Well, to be fair, like, you know why I'm keeping my HBO subscription? Cause they have the newest season of Sesame street. So, boom. Um, there you go. You got a you got a ten month old man. You they, gotta you gotta get the shoot. freshest content. So Daniel Tiger. Like we talked about it before. Turn on Daniel I, Tiger. I cut the cord like fifteen years ago, but I can't get my parents off of uh, their cable subscription because of HGTV. You cannot get that crap <laughs> that anywhere show. else. It's one Chip show, and, and my mom's like, "If you touch it, I will drown you." And it's like you're oh, paying a hundred dollars really a month for that one for show. One yeah. show. HGTV <laughs> on uh, YouTube TV. There you go. Day. There you go. I, I I lived in Waco. Tell them maybe I just I, I need anything. to go revisit it. <laughs> Let's not talk about you Kills living me, in man. Waco. <laughs> All right. Before we before sometimes. we drift too far, before we drift too far from uh, the financials, the tech financials conversation. Uh, John, are you up for a quick speed round of predictions for next week's earnings? Can I just okay. throw out a company yeah, and you yeah. tell Let's, me? Let's pull up the earnings. I like it. I like it. You're not allowed to use the internet. I'm just going to say yeah. the company name, Google and you got to tell me. Yeah, like we're not going to use the internet. Gosh, if he's <laughs> right a lot, I'm well, no. I was just trying to find the list of companies based on our podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah. By the way, ranks. standard I disclaimer: got... I am not your. I am. You know, <laughs> I am not your financial <laughs> analyst. If you trade off of my recommendations, you are a moron. 
There we go. That's, yeah, that's true. That's true for anything that's said on the show, by the way. 100%. <laughs> All right, here we go. Electronic Arts. What do you think? Uh, beat. Activision Blizzard. Uh, beat. Shopify. Beat. Lift. Uh, uh, f- uh, hard fail. Bad. Do not <laughs> bad. Very, very bad. They're laying off 20% of their staff. F- fiery um, crash. Uber. <laughs> Uh, hard fail, hard fail. <laughs> and they're laying off what? Uh, 20... 20% miss. 20%, yeah. 20% and furloughing another 10%. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. It's like a 30% shift. And they've lost okay. all their executives. Uh, unless they're that's CTO. smarts. Uh, square. Uh, f- uh, fail. Yeah, no, miss. Uh, PayPal. Beat. And last one I got for you is Dropbox. Uh, beat. Okay. If it's we got on record. Beating it. We'll come back yeah, next Friday and check it out. There okay. you go. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any, anything, any topics that we just got to hit before we go? I feel like we can't have a day without talking a little bit about space and science. So I, I'm going to bring up Voyager 1 and 2, which are still happily doing what they're supposed to do, which is hurling through space at incredible speeds and taking pictures of things and transmitting them back. Uh, there was a really cool article that just talks about where they are, what they saw, you know, some of the groundbreaking things that they got pictures of on the way out of our solar system. And then since I love the just scope and scale of, of space and its pure emptiness, it was neat to see that uh, the next solar system is at least 40,000 years away. I think that was for Voyager 1 and uh, 300,000 years away for Voyager 2 which is just mind-bogglingly far. What, how fast are they going? Very fast. I forget what the speed <laughs> Real are. Fast. No, no, like, like you're talking I'm about sure it is. billions like of miles. <laughs> is it? Okay. Because the spacecraft, uh, like the ISS, 17 kilometers like 17, a second. 17,000. There you go. Yeah. 11 miles a second for the American listeners. There you go. Yeah. There and, you yeah, go. So, exactly. so they, they're just absolute breakneck speeds. And, and now they, they aren't aimed for the closest solar system. So that's not saying that they're less than 300,000 miles away from the closest solar system, but that's what it's going to take them to see to it. And that's not far off from their closest possible targets either. It's wild. It's just always, always wild. It can't even wrap my head around distances like that. Really well, maybe you can wrap your head around this. I'll give you a weekend project, Tyler. And maybe this can be our last one. I don't know how much time we have, but did anyone see the Raspberry Pi? like high quality camera did i was about to bring that up modular right yeah i it's just incredible cool. to me the things that you can do with raspberry pi this is one i would have never thought of and but in my mind the moment i saw this i said tyler has a lens somewhere there you <laughs> go I, oh, gonna, I absolutely do i can't wait it, to see it he's he's gonna be able dollars to for a 12 going. megapixel sensor and you can yeah. put an s you can put like a a c or cs mounted lens on it wow that's going to be really cool for the, yeah. the retail yes. store applications like the AIML. Oh, that's of, so true. Because not just, I mean, the, the crappy cameras, you could be like, okay, are there people standing in line? Go dispatch more people there. Now it can be like, oh, Tyler's in line and he spends way too much at, the, at this, you know, electronic store. Like we need to I don't go to we, stores. We, well, okay, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but it's so true. Th- that's going to be awesome. And uh, Russ, you're dead on i absolutely have some lenses laying around from different things uh macro and telephoto just from old school i i don't throw stuff away i have a problem 
but um, you know, 3D print a connection for like a Canon DSLR lens, and and now you can just pop it onto that sensor. I, there's going to be a lot of cool stuff that comes out of that. I bet. Oh, I think we're going to see awesome stuff out of it. I think it's just the beginning of something right here is what we're seeing. That was uh, that was probably the coolest headline I saw from the last 24 hours or so. That's cool. And Raspberry Pi is killing it, right? Like they they yes. shipped more units in the last quarter than I think they've ever done before, and. They attribute some of that to like the healthcare industry because they started using Raspberry Pis and some of the respirator builds to try to keep up with demand. Um, but then also people at home looking at projects, doing new things, just ordering pies. All right. That probably wraps it up. There's other little stuff we can talk about. Probably shouldn't fail to mention that the global smartphone production in Q1, it fell by 10% year over year. Yeah, so roughly 280 million units, uh, the lowest in five years. Uh, we we all understand why that happened. Uh, Wasn't it the biggest iPhone. drop in like yeah? I mean, ever for smartphones. I mean, the smartphones have been yep. around for a decade, but yeah, it's been a steady climb forever, and then it dropped ten percent year over year, which it, it's never done, right? So yeah, a biggest drop. Uh, there was a um, a bit of news around OpenAI announcing um, an application uh, jukebox. So it's a neural yeah, net that. that generates music on its own and including even rudimentary singing uh, lyrics and all that kind of stuff, which that's incredible. kind of tripped my brain out a little bit listening to it's a computer create music and add lyrics to it all on its own. And uh, I tweeted a little bit about that yesterday. Artificial Weird. intelligence and, and neural networks are uh, absolutely fascinating to me. Like that, that whole part of computer science and, just engineering in general is is off the charts crazy with what they can do. And uh, I, I love seeing that stuff. There was what it was, uh, Deezer developed an, uh, an artificial intelligence to detect explicit song lyrics too, which the practical applications I think are going to be off the charts as well. But stuff like that, content creation, it's the, it's the old, what, what happens if you give, you know, an infinite number of monkeys an infinite amount of time in a typewriter, eventually they'll recreate the works of Shakespeare. We right. totally can just, set that off in Monte Carlo style and, and let AIs go do stuff. And the outputs are going to be just wicked crazy. Well, that's what they were talking about too. Like you could, you could set some parameters. Here's what I want to go for. Here's what I want to build off of. Roll the dice, see what it is, right? Roll <laughs> the dice a hundred times and just listen to it all and be like, boom, there's a winner and build off of that. Oh, Incredible. Geez. I can, I can see that affecting the yeah, pop but, country industry. But what in ha what happened? Way. Well, pop country all sounds like it was generated by an AIML at this point. Like there's, there's like six themes, like, um, yeah. It, well, I mean, there's been yep. some great YouTube videos like mocking, like just the, you know, references. Yeah. Oh, and here's generic the key reference to pick required. up. Oh yeah. yeah. Key change. Right. <laughs> required chord change here. Yeah. So, but I don't know. I, I do think this will be interesting for generating like music for podcasts, but will they compete with yeah. podcasts is the real question. At what point will they, will, you know, they be able to start their own tech podcasts and put this, put us out of business. So. They won't be able to compete Headl with tech summary. breakfast and virtually speaking. That's, that's for sure. right. You can't generate my opinions with an AI. I hope. <laughs> I'm not an AI, 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 AI. <laughs> <laughs> That is All right. Awesome. Well, that wraps up the show. John, do you have anything you want to plug other than obviously virtually speaking podcast? Um, tell us, tell us where they can find you and uh, you have a blog. Give us a rundown. Yeah. So uh, lost underscore signal is uh, on Twitter. 
for the blogs, the, T-H-E, Nicholson.com. I know that sounds a bit like egotistical, but that is the there is a podcast there's a podcast centric uh blog that i just wrote talking about how to start a tech podcast and there is some stuff on gear but i'm hoping to do more if you want to record some samples of like what your gear sound like and send that to me and like a rundown of that i want to build kind of a small library of some different things so that'd be um, so cool and yeah obviously the virtually speaking podcast vspeakingpodcast.com you can find our podcast we've got I think we're closing in on a million downloads at some point here. We've had everything awesome. from these tech luminaries on this podcast to also some of the people like Michael Dell's been on, I think four or five times and whatnot. So it's a fun little podcast. Absolutely. I highly recommend it. Virtually speaking podcast is brilliant work. I love it. And I think, man, it would be fun to do in uh, like an audio gear session too. It just occurred to me, I, I've got a buddy who does professional audio through my, my brother actually just went to college with him. And uh, it'd be fun to get people from a couple different industries perhaps and like have some fun discussions about uh, audio recording equipment and stuff. Oh, like I do have one AV tip that didn't make the blog. To help with your eye contact, I have put um, uh, the little googly eyes on my camera. Yeah, here, I'll, I'll flip That's this awesome. around so you can... Love it. Nice. That's fantastic. Very good. <laughs> this has been like helping a... me keep eye contact oh, on my, my customer calls, so... Oh, Smart. what robot is that? There's a, there's a robot movie that, that one looks like with the, with the flat, like the hammerhead. Oh, yeah, it looks like Wally. Oh. Yeah, I've got the Wally, Logitech, yeah. the 4K, the C, well, whatever, and yeah. There's Wally, but there's one from like the late 80s. Anyway, oh, whatever. Uh, okay. Oh, uh, it was the movie. He's number um, 17 or whatever. Johnny Five. Johnny, Johnny Five. Five, yeah. yeah. That's it. That's it. Oh, Thank my gosh. You. That's a throwback. I'm going to have to go watch that. I, my kids right, need that down, in their life. All right, guys. Thank you, John, for being here this week. Awesome to have you on. Love the finance stuff. and Finance Fridays. That's right. That's right. You're welcome back anytime. Um, Listeners, we hope you enjoyed this as much as we did. As always, if you got any general feedback or specific feedback, tech news you want us to cover, please reach out. Hit us up. Let us know what you think. That's it for the week. Tech Breakfast Podcast out, y'all. Later.